Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Well, today is going to be a very unique service, a very special service. I've asked three long-term associates to share this morning's message with you. And um, these guys have been incredible to me and to Pastor Kathy, but I can honestly say to the house over here at WCF, amen? Um, the Bible says, a faithful man shall abound in blessing, and their heart for family their heart for relationships, their heart for me and Kathy has just been overwhelming over these here many, many years. And how many know when you live with somebody, you work with somebody, you get to know them a lot better? You know, Pastor Brian, one of the greatest encouragers in the entire body here at WCF. Pastor Dave, without question, one of the greatest soul winners here, passionate for souls here at WCF. Pastor Luke, a real heart, a father's heart, for discipleship and to see maturity and development in the saints. And also, all three of them are faithful. The Bible says when the Son of God comes back, and you can read the Bible, you can read the book of Revelations 22, and it says about not deleting anything from the Scriptures and not adding anything to the Scriptures. And God speaks a very strong consequence of adding or deleting in there that the judgments of the book will actually come upon them. And so I just want to admonish that there's in Revelation 17 a group of people that the Bible says that were called. Everybody say called. And then it said they were chosen and they were called. And the third ingredient is they were faithful. And we speak of faithfulness out there. The Bible speaks of a steadfastness and adherence to a person or a thing to which one is bound by an oath or to an obligation. It speaks about the character of the person being constant, and it suggests freedom from fickleness and affection, and staunch implies strong allegiance. All three of these men have been very, very loyal, very faithful, very dedicated to not just Pastor Kathy and I, but the vision of the house and to the people of the house. I've seen the sacrifices these men have made over long decades. And I'm very honored today to have the three of them come up, and we're going to have Pastor Dave come up first of all, and he's going to speak. The others can stay right there, and then they can come up as they go. Pastor Dave just had knee surgery, amen, three days ago. And talking with him on Friday, he said, I'm going to be there. I said, Dave, uh, you know, I'm going to be there. Barb is not overly ecstatic about him, amen, but we are, and we're honored. So let's give Pastor Dave a... Warm welcome as he comes up, and we're going to go. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think I got a mic around here somewhere. Thank you so much. I just want you to know that it's been an honor to be your pastor, one of your pastors here at WCF. Um, it's a privilege as well as an honor to be a pastor here. Uh, I can remember when I got called into the ministry, and I can remember what went on in my life. I could share a few things with you as, a, as to my journey of faith, so you might be able to understand it a bit. Uh, when I was first saved, my wife was not saved. And uh, for 10 years, she was not saved. And uh, I was going to a church called the Church of God. And she said to me, I heard there's a church started up in the city of Windsor. And she said, uh, it's called Windsor Christian Fellowship. I hear, I hear it's a good church. If you take me, I'll go. And I said, well, <laughs> yes. So I took her. I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't know what to think, you know. And so we went to the church. And when we walked in the door, I felt the love of God in a huge way. You know what it feels like when you walk in here. And, uh, and so I was blown away. And then the altar call was given, 
and, and she was nowhere to be found. I kind of, I was praying, and I looked around, and she had walked up and given her heart to the Lord in the altar call, and I thought, oh my gosh, she got saved. <laughs> you, know, it's a, you know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, as I was there, I was sort of thanking the Lord. I got my eyes closed, and I opened my eyes, and she was gone. And I thought, oh, boy, she, she must have took off. Because yeah. I said, she does this to me when we go shopping. She'll get in the lineup, you know, like she's going to go through checkout. Like, I'm coming, you know. And you turn around, and she's gone. She, she'd make a detour, you know. And so I figured she must have got out of there somehow. But she didn't. I looked again, and she was on the floor. And the Spirit of God had really, really touched her life. And so uh, what happened that day was an amazing turnaround in our lives. And she said, you take me. Every Sunday, I'll go. So how do you say no to that? You know, so that's how my journey of faith started here. I was impressed when I walked into the church. There was a oneness. There was a unity in this house. The Holy Spirit was present. There was gifts of the Spirit, you know, moving in the house. And there's people getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. There's miracles taking place. It was a church that was on fire. It was a church that was doing things right. And the people that were involved in the ministry were sincere, and they were down to earth, and they were real. And uh, people that I met, you know, at first I walked in, of course, you meet Pastor Rick, he's as big as life, and you meet, uh, you know, uh, I met Marilyn and Margie and Nello and Joe and all them, Ed Bernard, I met a bunch of group of people, and we just connected, and it was such a good group of people, and I enjoyed their fellowship, and... Uh, they encouraged me, and I must have encouraged them because uh, we continued on in our fellowship through the years. But I want you to know something. I have never, ever been sorry that I joined Windsor Christian Fellowship. Never for one single moment. <clears throat> I've never been afraid to invite anyone to my church. At my old church, I was always afraid to invite people because you never knew what was going to happen. <laughs> you know the way it goes sometimes. Anyways, uh, I can truly say WCF is a great church with great leadership. I can truly say that. And you know, if you're concerned about your family and, and, and you want the best for your family, you want a good church. I don't know if there's a better church in the city of Windsor than Windsor Christian Fellowship. And I say that with all my heart and I mean it. That's why I'm here. That's why I've still been here. Almost 30 years and I'm still, I'm still here. I can truly say that I expect that it will continue and the years to come. And it's, you know, why do you expect that? Because I expect, it's, it's not so much, you know, it's, it's it, you know, you say, well, who, who, you know, who's going to come over? Who's going who's to do the work? It, it doesn't matter. God's going to equip that person no matter who they are. That person's going to be equipped by God to do it. God's going to anoint them to do the work that God's called them to do. Someone told me once years ago, he says, God anoints the office, and God anoints the office. When you choose to be involved in ministry, God will anoint the office that you, that you choose to be involved in. And that's just the way it is. I am expecting big things for the days to come. I'm excited about it, and I can just uh, imagine some of the things that are going to happen at Windsor Christian Fellowship. I will truly support the work here with all my heart. And I believe my wife is, says the same. We will support the work here with all our heart because we love the church. We love the people. And it's been a privilege for me to serve in this house. I love you. I thank God for you. You've been a blessing to serve. It's been a blessing to serve this church. I don't know how else to say it, okay? Uh, I can remember when I was first come on to ministry, when I was coming to the church, um, I could hear the voice of God saying to me, David, when are you going to serve me full time? I could hear God saying that to me, and I would always say later. You know, I said, God, I want to do it, but not right now. I'm not quite ready for that yet. And I would say later. And so God said to me one time, he said, David, how long are you going to tell me later? And I said, uh, well, I don't know. I said, but later is a pretty good word for me. I wasn't quite ready to leave GM. I had 25 years at General Motors. They just don't leave GM with 25 years. But anyways, uh, um, you know, I kept saying later. And David, or God said to me, David, you can't continue to say later. And I said, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll go. So my biggest concern, what am I going to tell my wife? You know, I'm going to tell her I'm leaving GM. 
you know, to go work in the church. What am I telling my kids, you know? And so I come home and I said, well, Barbara, I says, uh, I got to talk to you about something. I says, uh, God wants me to, to go in full-time ministry. And she looked at me and said, I know. <laughs> like, give me a break. <laughs> I was more shocked at that than anything. I said, you know? She says, yeah. She says, David, your GM ain't your source. God is your source. And God's been directing your life. You got to fulfill that call, you know? And I said, Okay. And so we went to an elders meeting about two or three weeks later. I don't know how long, much longer after that it was. Pastor Rick said, you know, I've been praying because I need help in the church. I can't continue to run this church by myself. I need help. And uh, he said, I've been praying. And uh, he said, Pastor Dave, God told me you're the man to come on. When he said that, I looked at my wife and I said, we know. <laughs> it's just the way it was, you know. I said, I know we, God's told us. And so he said, good, come on, get your things in order, and let's get over here as soon as we can, because I need you. And so that's the way the ministry started. And my biggest fear when I got into ministry was that I couldn't do it. I had a hard time in school. I didn't do good in school. School was, it was hard for me. And uh, when, I, when I thought about coming to this church, serving in this church that had such excellence, there's a word that I didn't use last time. It's that it was a church of excellence. They did everything in an excellent way. And I thought, oh, I've never been that way in my life. You know, I was, I was always a 60 percenter. I'm going to have a hard time, you know, being excellent in ministry, you know. So I was kind of afraid that I wouldn't be able to do that. And so as I began to work in the ministry God called me to do, God equipped me. God anointed me. It doesn't seem no matter what I did, wherever I worked at, God sent me the best people to work with me, and I seemed to always get the job done. And so God was there, and I'm here to tell you today, if you're in church and you believe, you know, God wants to call you into ministry, but you don't think you can do it, trust me, you can do it. You can do it. You, God will anoint you. He'll help you. He'll help you to get the job done. No matter what it is, God will be there for you. And so I found out that God was there and that God anointed the ministry that he called me to do. And I was able to do it because he was with me. And it's not me because of me, you know, it's because of who he is. You know, and as I say, the people who are going to come up, God's going to anoint them. He's going to bless them. He's going to encourage them. God will bless the ministers of this church because God's got his hand on this church and on this ministry. That's what I believe with all my heart. So I, I, I talked about something else. I said, you know, what should I say? What have I learned as a pastor? And, you know, what have I learned about, about God in my journey of faith? What are some of the things I could share with you? I could share this with you. God is a God of love. And God, God loves people. And when you don't think God loves people, when you think people are out and beyond past his love, you're wrong. God loves some of the craziest people out there. It's hard to imagine how much he loves people. But God loves people. And so God showed me that. And then the Bible, the Bible showed me that I can abide in his love. And the Bible says I get, I get perfected in his love. Those are the three things that God has showed me that have stuck with me for a long time. Being perfected in his love is a huge thing because a lot of the times we try love for a moment. It's like a relationship. Well, I'll try to love my wife for a while, but if you don't love me back, that'll be the end of it. You know, I'll try to be nice for a while. I'll try to be a loving kind of person, but I know it's not going to go too far. But the bottom line is God wants us to abide in his love. When you abide in his love, when you don't let nothing distract you from loving people the way God wants you to, when you don't allow anything to distract you, you get perfected in it. And a lot of the things that you were worried about and a lot of the things that you desired in your life, God will begin to demonstrate. He'll get them done for you because you're abiding in his love. You'll say, where did this come from? And God will say, remember when you chose to walk in love? That's where that came from. It happens all the time, you know. And so that's one of the things. And then God showed me that he loves people. And I want to say something. I didn't say this the first service, but I'm going to say it this service. You need to understand God loves your pastors. God loves them. 
Do not allow yourself to get caught up in any garbage talk that would pull you away and discriminate the love of God for your pastors. I've seen it happen to a lot of good people. I've seen them get caught up in bickering and, and backbiting. I've seen them get caught up in all that stuff. And I've seen their families destroyed. I've seen their homes destroyed. I've seen their loves destroyed. You love your pastors and you love your church because God calls you to that. And you love your fellow Christians because God calls you that. That's another thing that I learned. And then I learned the Our Father. I began to say the Our Father with all my heart. And I, the prayer was, may your will be done on earth in me as it is in heaven. I prayed that prayer and I began to see things happen. I began every day to bind my mind to the mind of Christ, my will to the will of God, my feet to the pathway he'd have me to walk in, that his plans and purposes would be accomplished in my life as I walked upon the earth. And I say, God, I know you prepared people's hearts today to hear your word. Guide me to those people. I went to, to, the, to work one day. There's a little girl. I knew she was a prostitute because she told me she was in Mexico. Her parents gave her over to prostitution. And she said to me, hey, preacher, what do you think of my shirt? And the shirt said it had a big cross on the front, and on the back it had www.thywillbedone.com. I said, well, that's an amazing shirt. Where'd you get that? So I got it. So I thought of you when I bought it. So I thought you'd like it. I said, I love it. And I said, you know what that means, thywillbedone.com? She said, no, tell me. So I began to explain to her what that means because I, I was, it was, I was uh, being, you know, um, shown in, in uh, the Our Father. God's Spirit was showing me all things about it. So I began to tell her everything I knew about the Our Father. And she looked up at me and she got great big tears in her eyes. This little girl has got tears tattooed dropping down her eyes and stars up here with tattoos of tears dropping down her eyes. And she looked at me and she said, you know what? So I've been saying the Our Father for, for, for the last, since I've been five years old or something like that. And she said, just the other day, I asked God to tell me what it meant, what it means, because I don't know what it means. And here I am sitting in the gym, and this guy is standing in front of me and telling me word for word what the Our Father is all about. She says, that's not a coincidence, is it? I said, no. I said, that's God talking to you, dear. God answering your prayer. God is in our world that he wants to reach out to everybody that's out there, and he wants to use you to do it. Okay, one other thing, there's an old lady, she's on the side of the road, and she was, uh, she was, um, she had a flat tire. And I seen that lady, and I said, God, I can't stop, please, and I always stop, please don't make me stop today, I, got, I, I just came out of the chiropractor, I got, you know, pains in my back, and I said, if I, do, if I stop, I'm going to get it all messed up again. I said, please don't make me stop. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, David, he said, what if she's praying? And then he said, who am I going to send? If I can't send you, David, who am I going to send? And I said, oh, my gosh. God, forgive me. I stopped a quarter mile up. I backed up. I got to her car, and I fixed her tire. When I was done, I was putting away her little wheel wrench in her little box. She's a little Italian lady, and what happened to her was she was giving communion. She was sent by the Catholic Church to give out communion to the Italian people that were shut-ins. And that was her ministry. And this is what she said to me. She says, Mister, I want to thank you so much. She says, I was praying and I was asking God to send somebody to help me with my tire. And I looked and there you were coming with your car. Oh, praise be to God. He sent somebody. That's the honest truth. Changed my life. I love you. Thank you for the privilege and the honor of serving you. God bless you and have a great day. Oh, glory. Okay. At this time, Pastor Luke LaBeth is going to come up right now. Let's give God thanks for Pastor Luke LaBeth. And there's a guest over here. Your sister Julie's here. What a blessing. Amen. You got it? There you go, my friend. Good morning, WCF. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. 
To be honest with you, I'm overwhelmed. We just sang my favorite song. And I am overwhelmed of your love and goodness. Your acceptance through the years. All I can say is we serve a mighty God. A faithful God. A God that's true to his word. 35 years ago, I'm newly saved. Still in my denominational church. And God gave me one scripture. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else you need in life, he says, I'll provide it. And I was gullible enough to believe it. <laughs> and I started pursuing him with all my heart, mind, and soul. I wanted to get to know this God that I couldn't see. The God that flipped my heart upside down and knocked me off my horse. I've never been the same since. The God that put me on my knees in my mother's kitchen the next day and said, Mom, you got to get saved. She says, where have you been? God is so real to me that I'm excited to what he's got in store in the days ahead. He's brought me this far, and I know it's not to let me go back. Supernaturally, Pastor Rick, you preached two weeks ago on the Holy Spirit. Promptings, leadings, checks. God brought me back to the journey that I've been on for 35 years. And he led me. He opened up the doors. He shut the doors. I am where I am today because of Almighty God. So with that said, he leads me to WCF. Supernaturally, we're in Europe. And God gives a dream to my wife that we are supposed to go where Pastor Luke Perry is going. We were in a prayer community at that time. So we came home. We're led to Cobo Hall to Kenneth Copeland's meeting. And I walks in there. Remember, this was all new to me. I'm newly saved. There's 10,000 people with their hands up praising and worshiping God. And I'm saying, holy smokes. There's people that love God. And I turned over to my wife. It wasn't a mistake. It was God ordained. I says, if I could find a church that makes me feel like this, I would go tomorrow. She says, I got just the place. <laughs> Wednesday night, we came to WCF for the first time, and God spoke to me. He says, you're home. And I've been here ever since. I remember shaking Pastor Rick's hand when I was leaving. He says, God spoke to me. He says, I was home. He says, welcome home. Well, here I am. You couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> it's been such a wonderful journey. Christianity is a journey. And I tell you, after 35 years, I can honestly say I have as much passion today for him than I had when I got saved. Because I know him. He's faithful. He's been so good to me and my family. So I got involved. I put my hands through the plow. And I was the first one, to, the first male to get saved in a little town, a little French community. And I felt like that I was lost. There was a few females that knew what was going on. But you know, Pastor Rick, you came alongside me and you told me four words that changed my life. I believe in you. When I didn't believe in myself. And it was the start of my journey. 
And I tell you, it's been the most wonderful journey that I could, ever, I could ever believe God for. I worked at Ford Motor Company at that time, and I just felt called to come to Bible school. We had a Bible school here, and after spending two years in Bible school, I knew in my heart that I was called to full-time ministry. There was a fire burning. Some of my co-students were saying, well, you're called to the mission field. I went to the Philippines a couple of times. I went to Russia. And I would come back and I said, if I'm called to the mission field, it could be Hawaii. Other than that, we'd stop in Hawaii for a week's vacation every time we'd go. But then God was so faithful, he brought a tape into my hands called Team Ministry. And I listened to this over and over again, a young preacher by the name of Casey Treat. And man, it bore so, such witness that I says, I want to be part of a team that can make a difference from this day forth. So I stood patiently waiting. At that time, God, I had to work at Ford's till 62 years old to get a pension. But I was only 48, and I'm ready to quit to come in full-time ministries, and the doors never opened up at that time because God had a better plan. I had a prophetic word here that God was going to make a way to release me from my existing job to come and do the things that my Jesus had put in my heart. And what did God do? It took two years for him to do it. He changed the contract at Ford's to 30 and out that released me to come, and Pastor Rick was waiting for me to come on staff at that time to start mentor groups. It's been the best 22 years of my life in serving him. The people that I have met during this time, my, my colleagues, my coworkers, You've been an encouragement to me. You know, we're all going to go through stuff. And we do. But God sees us through it all if we stand and do things his way. At that time, it was February 1st, 1997. I left Ford's. Got ordained two weeks later, and two weeks after that, I came on staff, and I've been here for the last 22 years. So in all, I've been here 35 years, and man, I know one thing, that whatever God has got in store in the future is going to be good. Because in Psalm 92, he says, I will bring forth, I'll, I'll be a strong and healthy, vital and green, it says, and I'll bring forth much fruit. Whatever that's going to look like. But uh, so I've been here as a servant teacher, and it's been a true joy. During this wonderful journey, most rewarding of all is to get to know the character and the faithfulness of God. He'll never let you down. If you stand on his word, you can put all your eggs in that basket and take it to the bank. It will come to pass if, conditional, you do it his way. It works. I got a few thank yous. I want to thank my wife, Christine, for standing with me. You've been such an encouragement. You know, everything God has ever called me to do, I had to overcome the barrier of in, uh, intimidation. Intimidation is nothing but a fear to stop you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. And when I took that step of faith, he was always there. He was always there to... Give me the grace necessary to accomplish what he wanted me to do. I want to thank my family. 
David and Kim, and the three boys, Caleb, Nathan, Josiah, for following in, in Papa's footsteps. You've been such a blessing to me. There is no greater joy than having your family in God's house and being able to serve the Almighty God as a unit. You can't buy it. But you start living for him and doing it his way, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that's what he's given us as a family. I'm forever grateful. To Pastor Rick for being my pastor, my mentor, and my friend. You've been a great example for me to follow. You know what the Bible says? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We go back 35 years, and you've been through a few things. And I've learned by watching. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. The preaching of your word has changed my life. That's where I got most of my deliverance, hearing by the word of God. And faith started to grow. The garbage started to come off. The conviction would come. I'd repent. And God would do the work that needed to be done. Pastor Kathy, I want to thank you for coaching me and for being the teacher that you are to this house. It, it, it's invaluable. If you ask me, what does it take to become an overcomer like that? Two things on the onset. I learned that prayer was a must, and the word of God was the other. On the onset, there was a, gray, a little gray-haired lady sitting in the second row all the time. She grabbed me by the ear one day, and she says, tomorrow night I'm coming to your house. And I'm going to teach you how to pray. And guess what? For the last 30-some years, we've had a prayer meeting or a mentor group in my house ever since. And she was a little fireball by the name of Chris Smith. Many of you remember her. I want to thank my colleagues, Pastor Dave, Pastor Brian, you guys have been pillars and encouragement to me. I want to thank uh, my department heads that were under me, the ushers ministry, the emergency response team, our mentor leaders, the empowerment class teachers. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Last but not least, I want to thank the congregation, the congregants, for supporting us and blessing us for your encouragement. At this time, it's time to pass the baton to the next generation. It's not about us, it's about the future. And I'm excited with what God has in store for this place because I see the next generation coming up that are gifted and waiting in the wings to take over as we pass the baton. And uh, I'm so very encouraged about that. So last but not least, I'll be staying on staff um, one day a week to help during this transition and uh, to do pastoral duties, to be a blessing where I can serve and to be an encouragement. And with that said, again, I say thank you to all of you. I love you too, Pastor Rick. Amen. God is good. Very emotional morning. Wow. Wow. At this time, we'd like Pastor Brian Danter to come on forward. Let's give him a... Warm welcome. Go and get them, buddy. I love you. Brian, before we go, this is just on my heart right now, and I, this, 
doesn't fit, but it's the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand. Join hands with the one next to you right now. And let's say this together. Our Father, come on, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, for thine us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now. For if you forgive not men their trespasses, how will your heavenly Father forgive you yours? Pastor Brian. Thank you. Wow, how do I follow that? Well, <laughs> I, I'm just remembering um, so much in all three of my, my children that have been married, Judah and Brooklyn and Bethany. <laughs> um, I get up there and I have all this stuff planned to say and I end up preaching and I can remember at all three of their weddings, they said, Dad, that was really good what you said, but you didn't talk about us very much. <laughs> and I said, you know, I said to Judah and then I said, you know what, son, I'm sorry. You know how I feel. I said, that's the way I am. I said, all I know is the word of God to impart into you for what's happened to me. And that's, to me, that's what I leave behind. But I got a few things today. I don't want to belabor it, but I, wanted, I didn't do a lot of thank yous in the first one. I ended up preaching. <laughs> but I, I just want to say, um, first and foremost, Pastor Rick and Kathy, um, everything that my other colleagues said, absolutely. You know, your ability to stand through tough times as a staff really helped us, Pastor Rick, because you know when you get in full-time ministry, you, you not only, you know, when you're raising a family and, you know, you have finances, you have your kids growing and, and all the different things that come with married life, but then you add to that full-time ministry and, you know, when it's good, it's really good and then sometimes it just kind of cruises and then at other times, it's a battle and, uh, Pastor Rick and Kathy were, we always knew pretty well everything that was going on. But the one thing, and I know Pastor Rick and Kathy will agree with me, one thing that I endeavored to, and I learned this from my father-in-law, but I learned it from Pastor Rick too, is don't take your problems home around the supper table. Because I just learned that with your kids, there's families today that well-meaning you know, like even if your kids are, say, not on your side at the moment, if someone's not treating mom and dad right, the kids will just for that will come on their side not knowing all the facts. And I've seen over the years too many families destroyed and their kids are not serving God today because the supper table became a place of tearing down and not building up. It doesn't mean that Lynn and I didn't, you know, we're in the other room or whatever things, but we didn't make that the focus. And, you know, whenever the temptation was there, because with church life. But I wanted uh, all my kids to grow up thinking that church was the greatest place to be on Sunday. And all of my kids now, um, I can thankfully say, not because of me, but because of the faithfulness of God. I remember every morning I would pray. God, and I pray for Brianne, Brittany, Bethany, Judah, Brooklyn, and Olivia. I pray for Brianne, Brittany, Bethany, Judah, Brooklyn, and Olivia, and, uh, and Jonathan. And I didn't forget you. Sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry. But that's what I say. But now I pray for Lynn. Lynn, I'm not, I got something for you, Lynn. This, I just want to take this service to really get my thank yous out. But I would pray individually. But now it's uh, Brianne, Brittany, Bethany, Jarrett. Lois and Harvey, Judah and Susie, Brooklyn and Nader. Brooklyn's over there. I hope she's watching live stream. She's over in Australia. Hi, if you can see me, honey. And uh, Olivia and Jonathan, every one of the seed that God has given me. And I am here today. I want to share my heart. I'm here today only because of God. There's no way on God's green earth that I should be here 32 and a half full-time years later that I can say I'm here because of God. God arrested me 
many, many years ago, before I met Lynn and all that, he arrested me. And I knew that something had to change. I was, I was raised in a, a very good moral home. And I, my mother went to church all those years and prayed for her, her three boys. But my grandmother was very, very big in the church. She came over from England, and I knew later. She was the one who gave me a little tiny Bible with a zipper on it, and I had for many years. Never read it, but I always carried it with me when I was a young boy. Never read it. But she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for all of her grandkids and her own kids for years. And I'm serving the Lord today because of that prayer. And then I take it over to my mom and dad. And my dad later on, my dad was very godly man. When I say this, very moral man, upright man. But my dad just, on Sundays, my mom, we walked to church. And my dad, no, no, you go. And I'll have, I'll have the meal ready for when you get home. And... My dad just never had the um, courage to feel. He never thought he was good enough. But he doesn't realize, my, all my kids could say here today, what a, what a godly man he was, upright and honest. And a lot of my dad, I've said this before, is in me. That's who I am. My dad was a fix-it guy, but he loved people. And, and if anything that I would like to say today David touched on it, and Luke did, the love of God. If that is not rooted in your heart, the Bible talks about us that we have to learn to love ourselves. Because if we learn to love ourselves, it's so much easier to love others. I know so many Christians can love other people but turn away and they despise themselves. They hate themselves. And you know, um, today we're seeing so many families fractured in the church and out of the church, because in church, the family, I believe, is the very foundation. It's the essence of what makes a church a community and a family. And families now are so broken. Sad to say, I, I read a scripture in the first service. Sorry, I had uh, a lovely lady in this pray for my eyes, and they are getting better, Michelle. <laughs> I just don't want to read the wrong thing here. <laughs> and I'll try to be quick here. In uh, Malachi 4.6, it says, And he will once again restore, turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children, and their children to their fathers and their parents. I've read that scripture for so many years, and how many, I know in commentaries they say, well, it's really just about Israel and their waywardness and all that. But I, I stumbled on one commentary, it was very clear on it. We can take that right to the bank today, that God is doing something in the earth. The problem that the church has not been able to advance is because the families are broken. And if you're here today and, and your family is all scattered, do you know what? You still, your prayer matters then not only pray for your family to be restored, but pray for other families because God is listening. He's the designer. He's the guy. He's the one that, that, that said, let us make man in our image that they could experience what we experience. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a real person, not a flighty bird. It's a real person of the Godhead. But anyways, God's heart is to restore the families. You got strong families, you got a strong church. And Pastor Rick and Kathy, and what, that's what they have labored in opening every ministry, not one ministry in this church. I can, I've been here 32 and a half full-time years, actually 33. And he has always supported the children's ministry, the youth ministry, the ushers ministry, the helps ministry, the kitchen ministry, every ministry. He's poured money and time and investment in that to see what? That not just one group, but that the whole family needs are met. The church is really under attack today. But you know what? The Bible says that even the gates of hell are not going to prevail against this church. It's not going to prevail. And it's people like you say, yeah, but what am, what am I? I'm not that important. If God can take an ex-rock musician from the Montreal Forum with 30,000 people chanting the name of our group, and he can pull me out of that, and now I want to come to my wife, Lynn. Lynn, I could have never, ever done what I have done, what I've been able to accomplish in these 33 years without you. 
a lot of you, and I'll try and be quick, a lot of you don't know when Lynn faithfully served in the music ministry, a lot of you don't know how the organization that she always made me look good in this way of, that I would for not forget things. Because I was always, she said, you're the fun guy. You go out there and have fun with the people. But I remember, uh, I think it was Jonathan, you were due. And she was back in between serves. Olivia, was it Olivia? And she come back, she come out here. And I said, where's Lynn? Oh, she, they just told me her water broke. I said, oh, I told the, the music ministry, I got to go. So I went out there and Lynn said, I'll be fine. She came back out on the stage. She said, I'm a slow leaker. She came out and stood and played the whole song service. What? It was the Easter cantata. She played the whole thing, and then she put her mic down and said, now I'm ready to go to the hospital. <laughs> but I tell that story in all honesty. That's the kind of woman that Lynn was to me. And when I left the band, I always said this, that the greatest gift that God gave to me was not my guitars and all my other stuff. The greatest gift that he gave to me was Lynn. He, she was a true representation of what the Holy Spirit is. Pastor Rick taught the, is the female side of the Godhead, the standby, the go-between, the helpmate. All those things Lynn has been to me. I could have never ran the music ministry, never ran youth, oh my goodness, without Lynn behind the scenes. And Lynn, I honor you today. And raising seven kids, homeschooling, and 22 years of those, I think, coming and doing first service, then getting in the car and going all the way out to the county and picking up my other kids and bringing them back and doing second service, all those years of faithfulness. But always remember, Lynn, you saying to me, when things, when I got low, because you don't know this, I, I struggled with anxiety and depression over and over. And the very first scripture that God ever gave me when I left the music industry was Psalm 34, 4. For I, for I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. How many thousands of times I have prayed that and believed that and stood on the word of God. And I want to encourage you fathers today, be the man, be the leader be the leader. If you have to go to your kids, and I don't care how messed up, just take the initiative and go and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed the mark. I've had to do that with my kids several times. It says don't aspirate or cause your kids to be discouraged. You know, if we're asking for respect from them, then we need to respect them. So I, I want to leave you with one, one last scripture, and I'm done, Pastor Rick. <laughs> In, in Psalm uh, 71, and this, I've, I've prayed this for about the last four or five years. And now that I am old, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. That's verse 9 of 71. And in verse 18, and now I am old. This is David, and I'm old and gray. Don't abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this next generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. See, there's, Pastor Rick, what's important about today more than anything is that the generations, the, we need the older, the middle, and the younger. We need to run this race together like Hebrews, what it says there, run the race, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus and no one else, that you would accomplish what God wants to do. And I want to read this poem, and then I'm done, Pastor Rick. I, this is, came up in my app. This came up in my Bible app every morning. It's called Headed, Headed Homeward by Max Licato. Aging is God's idea. It's one of the ways he keeps us headed homeward. We can't change the process, but we can change our attitude. Here, it is, here is a thought. What if looked at the, we looked at the aging body as though we were looking at the growth of a tulip? Do you ever see anyone mourning over the passing of a tulip bulb? Do gardeners weep as the bulb begins to weaken? Of course not. We don't purchase tulip girdles or petal wrinkle cream or consult with the plastic leaf surgeons. We don't mourn the passing of the bulb, but we celebrate it. Tulip lovers rejoice at the minute the bulb weakens. They know what's coming. They watch and bang the tulip blossoms into a beautiful color and flower. Could it be that heaven does the same thing with all of us? The angels point to our bodies. The more frail we become, the more uh, excited they become. And they say, watch that lady in the hospital. She's on her last breath. And they say, 
She's about to blossom. Keep your eye on that fellow. His heart is not going to hold out. He'll be coming home soon. We are waiting for God to finish making us his own children, his very own children, which means our bodies will be made free, Romans 8.23. Our lowly body, our bodies of this humble state, these weak and mortal bodies, our viral bodies, our simple bodies. And according to God, that's a part of his plan, not ours. Every wrinkle, every flaw, every needle takes us one step closer to the last step when Jesus will be there will be changed, and our simple, frail bodies will be turned forever into forever bodies. No pain, no depression, no sickness, no anxiety, no war, and no end. Thank you, WCF. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. I love you, my friend. Good man. Have a seat. None of these men that have been here today are leaving WCF. They're all going to be here. They're all going to be serving here, going into part-time, but they're going to be still serving here and their families and each one of you here at WCF. And to Barb, to Christine, and to Lynn, you guys have been amazing all these years. Let's give them thanks one more time. Kathy has a few things that I'm going to share, and then we're done. Wife, Danny Gray and his wife and their baby, the new pastors of Parkwood, are here today. Wow, outstanding. Where's Danny? Go ahead and stand, Danny Gray. Hey, great to have you. Congratulations, friend. Great to have you guys. I just want to say this um, you know, Pastor Brian, Pastor Dave, Pastor Luke are three of the most humble men. And that's why God put them in the positions because they didn't try to get position. They didn't try to do something to glorify themselves. They did something because they love people and they love God. And that's who God chooses. He chooses people that are humble. He chooses people that are submitted to God and that love him and love others. And, And that's really what it's all about. And they've proven faithful over the years and we're so grateful for that. And, um, you know, transition is never easy, but how many know there's generations and generations and generations and, and, um, everybody has their time and we have to move on so that that next generation can come and do what they're called to do. And I was at an art conference just a few weeks ago. And then this past week at Bethany church, both of which were conferences that really were the next gen conferences. And, um, I was, totally blessed because I realized that God has everything under control and it's not about our generation but God is he's going to move in the next generation and the next generation till he you know till he comes back and and so it it was incredible to see the passion and the zeal in the in the younger generation they're so excited they want to build the kingdom of God and and they they have so much more advantage than what we had because of technology and because of, um, there's disadvantages, but there's advantages. And, and so, and, but we, as an older generation, our responsibility, and if you come to this church and you're part of that older generation, our job is to support the next generation, to encourage them and to help them succeed and to impart the wisdom and the things that we have, uh, things we've learned into them, but to make, do everything possible so that they succeed because our nation is at stake. Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren are at stake. And so it's really, really important that we be a part of this. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we we feel like, well, we don't connect with that generation. You know what? We can connect with the generation. And it's a choice. And and God will help us do that. And we're, you know, none of us are leaving the church. None of us, you know, older pastors are going to be leaving. Um, But we're going to be here to help and to empower. And uh, and we have some things planned for the older generation to help make that happen. And so we're excited. We're excited about this next phase. You know, we can't look back at a regret. We need to be grateful for the time and the season and the things that we've been able to do and be excited for what God has ahead of us. And, uh, and so I just want to say that all three of these men have been an incredible blessing to this church. I know them and I know their hearts have been for the people and they love the people and that's really what it's all about and loving God and so they've been faithful, they've been loyal, they've been committed, uh, they've kept their lives clean, they've been family men and uh, they've been soul winners, they've done all the things that, um, 
you know, the word of God requires of them. And so he, he chooses men that are humble before him. And that's the main thing is them that I see in them is they're all men of humility. They're here to serve, to be a blessing. Amen. And so I'm so grateful for all three of them. We're going to dismiss them. And I know Pastor Rick has a final word, but one o'clock down in the, um, in the uh, fellowship hall, we're going to just celebrate them. Amen. Yeah. Where do you end up? There has to be generational thinking, generational faith, the faith that was in Lois into the daughter Eunice. And the apostle Paul said, I'm persuaded that same generational faith in grandma and your mama, it's inside of you, Timothy. There has to be generational decrees, and there's things spoken over the house, but also spoken over the generations in this here house. There has to be generational courage. There has to be generational mentoring, which is one of the roles that I'm going to be flowing into more in the days to come. There has to be generational prosperity and generational worship. Generational freedom and power. Generational generosity, a spirit, not a concept, not a teaching, but a spirit of generosity for the next generation, which you all have exemplified. Generational passion, generational vision, but above all, generational servanthood. There has to be generational excellence, generational anointings, generational on families, generational integrity, generational prayers, prayers that have been prayed for generations to come, generational submission and generational standards, generational wisdom and generational commitment, which each one of us has a part to come. I'll say this in a few weeks, but if you've only came to WCF because of Pastor Rick, then you've came for the wrong reason. We come to WCF because of Christ in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And it's not about Rick and it's not about Kathy and we're going to have a part to play in the big picture in the days to come. But it's really all about Jesus and that's been the focal point of this here house. I don't want to ever be remembered because of my preaching. I don't want to ever be remembered because of uh, 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 how we can uh, bring the word of God down and break it all out. We want to be remembered that we got it to the next generation. That's what we want to be remembered for because that's what will continue Generational standards and generational loyalty, generational honor, generational attitudes, generational sacrifice that you, the people, have made for this generation to come, and generational love, generational forgiveness, generational unity, and generational um, fear of God. How many can say there's anything missing today to a great extent in the body of Christ? It's the fear of God. And yet it's one of the most common one of the most biggest reminders in the scripture when the Lord comes will this fear be found. And I believe that not only faith is going to be found, but the fear of God is huge. Generational respect, generational counsel, the Jethro anointing, generational purity, generational intercession, generational compassion, and generational honesty, and finally a generational inheritance. To the generations that are here today, by the grace and mercy of God, we have left this here church, or we're, we're leaving on these men here, myself, and the transition that's coming on, not leaving the church. Leaving the office is going to be a little bit different, but we've left the church in one of the best states it's ever been. There's no debt. There's no bills. Come on. Can you say amen that we don't know? We have seen what the grace of God can do and what we want to see continue to do in the future. And I want everybody to stand, and I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor... Don't forget Psalm 100, verse 5. Anybody can quote it? Okay, here it is. Look at them, and I know this is uncomfortable for some people because we're so into our iPads and our iPhones and our own little world. But say, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen and amen. And tell them this, we'll see you down in Fellowship Hall. I'll be greeting down there in just a few moments. God bless you. Kindly pick up the children and we'll see you in Fellowship Hall. If you need ministry, the teams will be down there to minister God's grace to you. Thank you for being a part of this today and being a part of the men that God has entrusted to this here house.
Thank you.